Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Lawmakers plan to introduce a bill today restricting California prison officials from transferring certain inmates to ICE. KQED's Taiki Hendricks has the details. This bill, called the HOME Act, would protect non-citizens from being handed to ICE for deportation if they've been granted clemency or released from prison under recent criminal justice reform laws. Those reforms aim to reduce mass incarceration and racial disparities. And the bill's author, Assemblymember Wendy Carrillo, says lawmakers didn't mean to exclude immigrants. Yet, the state of California has created a dual system of justice, which treats immigrants differently after they have paid their debt to society and have been paroled. They are not given the opportunity to restart their lives and go home. ICE officials say they don't comment on pending legislation. For The California Report, I'm Taiki Hendricks. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Clean air means healthier people. 
The Clean Air Act has saved hundreds of thousands of lives and avoided millions of childhood illnesses. Even so, the Environmental Protection Agency is planning to strengthen air standards. It's a move celebrated by many, but as KQED's Danielle Venton reports, some fire experts worry that the new rules could unintentionally lead to larger wildfires and worse air by making it harder to conduct prescribed burns. She joins us now. Danielle, to start, tell us what the EPA is targeting here. Well, the EPA has set its sight on a class of pollutants that are defined by their size and not what they're made of. They are called particulate matter or PM 2.5. These are particles or droplets in the air that are 2.5 microns in length or smaller. They might come from vehicle emissions, dust, or fires, and they're a really terrible pollutant. What do they do and where are they found? Well, they're so small that they're able to get deep, deep in our lungs, and they can even cross into the bloodstream. They're associated with childhood asthma, bronchitis, heart attacks, and premature death. A couple areas in California really struggle with this pollutant. That's the San Joaquin Valley and the South Coast Air District. And the toll is especially hard on poor communities and communities of color. Environmental justice advocates have wanted these standards to be tightened for a really long time because they're such a burden on public health. Um, I spoke to Genevieve Amsalem of the Central California Environmental Justice Network, and here's what she told me. Everyone knows a parent who has brought their baby or their two-year-old into the ER because he or she or they couldn't breathe. You know, we should have had lowered standards years ago, and so I think it's a, a relief to see it now being proposed. If that's the feeling, why are some fire experts worried about this new rule? So it's a little complex, so just bear with me. While EPA air regulations have done a lot to clean up our air, those gains in the West are starting to be reversed because of all the smoke that we get from wildfires. Wildfires now make up a third of the PM 2.5 that we breathe in the U.S. But air districts who are responsible for making sure that our air is clean, they kind of don't have to worry about wildfire pollution. It's effectively not counted for in their tally of how much PM 2.5 there is. Even if we're still breathing it. That's right. But air districts are on the hook for smoke from prescribed fires. And if they think that prescribed fire smoke is likely to put them over the line for attaining clean air standards, they're not likely to approve those burns. And how is that a problem? Well, prescribed burns are less intense, less polluting, and they can serve as a kind of inoculation against future catastrophic fires. They're our most affordable, effective tool for that. Here's how Michael Wara, a climate and energy expert at Stanford, puts it. Wildfire is really challenging. The paradigm that is at the core of the Clean Air Act, that emissions can be controlled. Wildfire emissions are not being successfully controlled. They're growing. Some of the best hopes that we have for reducing public health impacts from wildfire have to do with substituting prescribed fire emission for high-intensity wildfire emission. You know, we know by now that trying to put out every fire is not the answer to living with fire, and that really awful fires just cannot be put out, no matter how many firefighters you have. So there's a real worry that this new standard, if it makes it harder to do prescribed fires, could push us towards a worse wildfire future. And is the EPA aware of this concern? They are, but so far their proposed solutions have met with a lot of skepticism from the prescribed fire community. And what exactly is going to happen is all going to be worked out in the coming weeks and months. 
That was KQED science reporter Danielle Venton. You can read Danielle's story about this on kqed.org forward slash news. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you, Maddie. And now to an update to a story we told you about just last week. The state had launched a program to get more Californians into their first homes. The only problem, maybe the program was too popular. Here's my California Report colleague, Saul Gonzalez. Saul? Hey, Maddie. So it was only a week ago that the California Report told listeners about the state's new Dream for All program. It helps first-time homebuyers by putting down up to 20% of the down payment on a home. So if a house cost $500,000, the state would take care of $100,000 of the down payment, expecting to earn its money back and more when the property resold in the future. Pretty sweet, right? Well, unfortunately, the state agency which administers the program now says Says that Dream for All has run out of money, at least for now. The $300 million set aside to help new home buyers has all been reserved because of heavy application demand, says the California Housing Finance Agency. Additional applications aren't being taken. CalHFA says it might take months or even years before new applications are accepted. The agency either has to wait for more money to be appropriated or for current loan recipients to pay the state back what it's owed so that money can be used to help other first-time homebuyers. On the positive side, CalHFA says the first round of loans should help about 2,300 people buy their first homes. Madi? Thanks, Saul. That's my California Report co-host, Saul Gonzalez. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, April 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation. Accepting nominations now for the 2024 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards at irvineawards.org. Hint. Fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners, with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple. In stores or delivered from HintWater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health, on the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.